God, I thank you so much for this time together. I thank you for this team who has led our worship of you. God, I pray that you would bless us, that you would uh, pour out your spirit upon us. God, that you would make us better than we are. God, that this worship would glorify you. We ask it by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Um, so Dee Dee um, was preparing me for um, the gospel brunch. I haven't really got to participate with, this is kind of an annual thing that we do each year and, and haven't been able to kind of participate and she was telling me what it was and she said, Andy, you have like 10 to 15 minutes. What you don't know um, is that um, one Sunday, Dee Dee and I had a bet um, and, uh, and she was complaining about how long I preach because uh, she's the one who does the run sheets and she tries to keep everything on time and I don't keep things on time. And so um, she said, Andy, uh, you know, you, you preach too long. And I said, okay, well, what, like, if we were going to bet, what would be the over-under? You know, like, what would be the time that we would, we would bet over and under on? And she said, 25 minutes. I could, uh, okay, I'll be under 25 minutes. That'll be my bet. She was going to bet that we were going to go over. And I said, well, we got to put stakes on it. You know, it's not fun unless we're betting something. She goes, a cup of coffee. And I said, okay, fine. That Sunday, I preached like 26 minutes, which I think was pretty good. Um, but still, I owed her a cup of coffee. What I didn't know uh, is that Dee Dee kept a running tally of how many times I went over 25 minutes. And, and then now she has like this running tab. She's like, what is it, three coffees now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that count the one I already bought you? Oh, okay. So anyways, we'll, we'll see if I can, I can hit this timeline. But um, uh, no, we are, we are talking a little bit. We've been talking for the last few weeks about neighboring. Um, about learning the names of the eight closest neighbors to us. Not just their names, but, but who they are. You know, what are their passions? What are their gifts? What are their hopes and their dreams, uh, their desires for life? And, and, and as I was thinking about this series, um, I was reminded of kind of my time back in Oklahoma. Those of you who know, my family and I moved here two years ago and uh, served churches while I was in Oklahoma and actually had the opportunity to start uh, a new worshiping community while I was in Oklahoma. And, um, and, and while I was, you know, kind of starting this thing, I, I was kind of doing the things that people who normally start churches do. And, and one of those things, uh, I had some kind of like old school mentors that had started churches before, and they told me, like, you know, what, what you need to do is you need to go door to door, right? You need to go door to door to people, knock on their doors, and, and talk to them about coming to worship. And so, so I did. My wife and I lived in a neighborhood about a mile away, and so I would go home uh, early that day from the office and, um, you know, about 3.30, 4 o'clock, and, and I just start w- walking the neighborhood uh, by myself. And what I realized is that work was really, really hard, right? W- w- they didn't, what my mentors and coaches didn't tell me is that the transition that had happened, um, right, from like the mid-80s when people normally went to people's doors, and uh, you doing all right back there? Oh, okay, good. All right, so uh, what people didn't tell me is that, like, you know, the transition that happened from the mid-80s where people normally went door-to-door and just kind of talked to their neighbors to now where if your doorbell rings, your first thought, right, is someone unwanted is at my door. Um, and, and so, you know, the only thing worse than having your doorbell ring from an unwanted visitor is being the unwanted visitor, all right? Um, and so, so I, this is what I did. I, I went door to door and I would ring the doorbell and, and just about everybody would answer it confused. Um, and, you know, who are you and, and what do you want? And I said, well, I'm Andy. I'm, you know, part of this church and, and we're starting a new thing. It's over here at the uh, elementary school. We'd, we'd love to have you join us if, if you don't have a church home. And I did this over and over again and, and realized how difficult it was. I, I learned a couple of things from uh, this process. Uh, one is... Um, the dirtier the front porch, the nicer the person was inside. 
Um, somebody, yeah, okay, yeah. So the dirtier, so you would walk up and there would be like an immaculate yard, um, like a perfect, like they had mopped, you know, the, the porch and you just knocked on the door and you just knew this was gonna, this was not gonna go well. Um, but, you know, if their yard was a little, you know, unedged, you know, they hadn't, they had mowed, but they didn't do the edging, you know, they had like the dirt that had pooled in the corner of the, the porch. You knew this was going to be a good visitation. Uh, so that was one thing I learned, you know, that dirtier the porch, the nicer the person inside. Um, second thing I learned is that it was easier to do it together, right? I, what I learned from that first venture out doing this alone was that it was just really, really hard. But then I was encouraged to actually grab teams of people and do this work with someone else. And, and what I realized is that made this work so much easier and so much better to do. And that's when I realized, you know, this whole thing of ministry, the whole thing of, of doing the, the gospel of Jesus is that it's better together. And that's the way Jesus meant originally. That, that's, that's what Jesus intended. We find these stories throughout the Gospels. Uh, the Gospels in the, in the New Testament tell the story of Christ, the, the good news of Jesus. And what we see is Jesus constantly doing things in teams, right? Never does he just grab one person and say, I'm going to give you this only job and I want you to only do it. No, he grabs teams of people. He puts them together. Why? Because we were made for community. We were made for each other. So Jesus continually does this work over and over again where he grabs teams of people. He sends them out to go and do this work and then they come back and what he realizes is that they've actually grabbed teams of people as well. There's this one story in the gospel where Jesus um, pairs off the disciples. He has 12 disciples, and, and so he, he makes two, you know, six groups of two, and he sends them out to do the ministry. And then in the next chapter, we read that Jesus again sends his team out, but this time instead of sending two, uh, 12 out, he sends 72 people out. If we, if we do some math really quick, we realize that each of these two disciples have all gained 12 more disciples. So that if we have six groups of 12, we now have 72 disciples that are out doing the ministry of the church. All because Jesus sent them out in pairs and not alone. Friends, neighboring is hard. But we were never meant to do it alone. And so my hope and my prayer for all of us this week, as we think about knowing our neighbors, learning our neighbors, meeting our neighbors, and, and if this is the first time you're hearing about this, I hope that you'll start preparing to know your neighbors, those eight closest people who live closest to you. And you might say, well, I, I know them. You know, I know like these people and they're nice and I get along with them. What about those people we don't get along with, right? What about the ones with the dirty front porches? What about the ones with the unedged yards? What if we truly tried to love the people that needed love the most? And so as we start to think about doing that work, learning the names of our eight closest neighbors, learning their hopes and their dreams, I hope that you'll also pray about a teammate, a friend, a neighbor that can join you in this work as well. And so I hope that you'll consider these two things. The one is this, that you will ask a neighbor to help you neighbor. 
Ask a neighbor to help you neighbor. Maybe there's something you all can do. Maybe it's outside. Maybe it's, you know, just have something out in your front yard or, or maybe something at the apartment complex near the pool or, or whatever it is. Ask a neighbor to help you do that thing. Say, hey, I'd love to get us all together. Would you be willing to invite, you know, your neighbor on the other side of you? Or would you be willing to bring something? Or would you be willing to do this or that? Ask a neighbor to help you neighbor. You know, something I'm really looking forward to, right next week, college football begins. Or in two weeks. Is that right? I don't even know. But I'm really excited about whenever it starts. College football, like, it's, it's, it's happening. And, and this is like my sense of normalcy, you know. And maybe there's a way that we can invite neighbors to do something we would normally do alone. And, and what if we invited those neighbors and invited them to do something and then to help us neighbor to say, hey, can you bring your neighbor? Can you bring this person? Can you do this thing? Ask a neighbor to help you neighbor. And maybe it's inviting them to do something that you were already planning on doing alone. And the second thing I hope that you'll do, so that you'll, first is you'll ask a neighbor to help you neighbor. The second thing is this, that you'll remember that you are never alone. You are never alone. Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, when he gets ready to send the disciples out, he's, Jesus has already experienced crucifixion and resurrection. He's, he's gathered with the disciples. And he prepares to send them out into ministry and and he gives them these words. We call it the Great Commission. Those are words that we applied to it. And, and Jesus didn't say, gather around, I'm going to give you the Great Commission, right? He didn't say, get ready and write this down. But he, but he told them, and they, it was so powerful that it stuck. Jesus said this to the early disciples. Um, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, the, the battle of good and evil has been won. Good has already defeated evil. It's, it's already been done. There, there's no more grand struggle. It's, it's happened. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Go therefore and make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples. My prayer for the last few days has been about the, the one thing. You know, I, as I read uh, books on leadership and as I read books on, on organizational leadership, I, I keep hearing this thing about the one thing over and over again, that you, you know, just have this zero focus on one thing, this, this sold outness for, for one thing. And I, and I think for us, it's making disciples. Followers of Jesus, that's the, the one thing. And my hope and my prayer is that everything we do would be about that work. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, Jesus said, I am with you always to the end of the age. Neighboring is hard. There are people we would rather not know their lives, we'd rather not intersect with. There are problems that we'd rather not hear about. There are times when we'd rather be alone when we finally get home from a hard day. But Jesus calls us into community. Jesus has placed us in our neighborhood, placed people near us so that we might care for them at such a time as this. 
But Jesus doesn't send us alone. He sends us with other people that are around us, but he says, even when you have this sense of isolation, remember, Jesus said, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Will you pray with me? God, we are so thankful that you are present with us. God, that even when we are afraid, even when we feel lonely, even when, God, you are with us. And we thank you. We pray that you bless us. You pour your Holy Spirit out upon us. And we ask it by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen.